Hey there, and welcome back again to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. The name of this podcast was inspired by hashtag Yes, a Stripper, which was created by stripper L. Stanger. The hashtag was created as a clapback to civilian pole dancers who were posting pole dancing and exotic type dancing content on social media and using hashtag not a stripper. Strippers everywhere felt like they were being separated from and disrespected as the originators of pole dancing. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Today's format is very different. Uh, We decided to have strippers call in from all over the world. We have mostly American strippers, but also from the UK and from Canada as well. And uh, the reason I wanted to do the, the, a podcast this way, an episode this way, is because I really wanted to hear other people's voices and get a real idea of what's going on with them. And I just wanted to listen. And I was telling somebody the other day about how throughout this journey that I've been on, which is being an advocate for strippers, that I had to learn over time how to truly listen. And I thought I was a good listener for a long time. And um, it kind of just dawned on me overnight one day that I wasn't really truly listening to what strippers want or what they're going through. I had learned all this new information and I was just spitting it back at them as information that they needed to know. And it was the only information they needed to know. And it was the right information. And I didn't take the time to sit back and think of their perspectives or their individual experiences. And so that's why we're having this this format today. Um, Basically, so I can shut the fuck up as much as possible, (laughs) which is really hard for me to do, and just listen to what's going on in their world. Because quite frankly, I spend a lot of my time being very angry at, at club managers and owners, but there are people out there that are at least trying to do the right thing. And um, I think that I need to be reminded that people are people and in every industry and in every part of life, there are people who do things that you really like and appreciate and people who do things that you don't. And the strip club industry is no different. It's made up of of people and it's how people choose to be, not about how owners or employers of strip clubs choose to be. It's how those people choose to be. And that's what the real crux of all of this is. It's determining who's helping and who's hurting and to create a dialogue around that so we can all learn and figure out how to support each other because this is going to take a lifetime to reform this industry and create happiness and abundance around it. So we're not doing four for one today. We're not doing stripper tips. We are just listening to these amazing dancers tell their stories and to connect with them. So I hope you enjoy. Can you tell everyone where you're calling from? Yeah, we are calling from the beautiful city of Charleston, South Carolina. I love it. And who's we? This would be Phoebe Ray and Kit Monroe. 
Okay, great. And yeah. It's just the two of you? Two for one. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we're going to package deal today. We're giving you a two for one special. I love it. I love it. Yes. Um, so do you guys live together or are you just visiting each other? No, we're just very dear friends and we've just known each other for a very long time and we work in the same industry. So great. Perfect. Well, um, so that leads me to this question. How, how long have y'all been strippers for? I've been dancing for a year and a half. Okay. I have been dancing about a year. So I, before that I did other types of things in the industry, but as far as working in a club, a year. So, and when you say other types of things in the industry, uh, do you mean the sex worker industry? Yes. So I've been a webcam model. I currently am have an OnlyFans, so that's something that I'm doing. But yes, I've basically mostly webcaming before that. Gotcha. Okay. So, what was life like for you both? I'd like to hear from both of you um, separately, obviously. Um, what the what work was like for you before things started to get weird with COVID? Um, were you making money? Were you being treated well, etc.? So this is Phoebe Ray. I'll go first. Um, I was making money. Obviously, there was the good days, the bad days. It's a hit or miss, but normally you have a pretty basic baseline. Um, holidays, of course, will bring in different crowds. Uh, weekends like football games, etc. The virus hit, and I feel like a lot of people just didn't have direction on how to panic. <laughs> and the way things were unfolded, there wasn't really a lot of structure on the foreseeable future. So it just kind of went dead silent. And then we were all well, my personal club was forced to close. Okay. So, and this is Kit. And so basically, with our situation, we basically, as far as things before the club, it's very similar to what Phoebe said. Um, we definitely have a huge tourist crowd here. We get, you know, a lot of big weekend parties and things, but as we got closer to realizing this was something that was coming to the U S, um, thankfully our operations managers started to take precautions as much as possible, just making people sanitize the second they come in the door, sanitize before dances, after dances, um, all of that. But, um, our, my boss actually ended up with Corona. So, um, the day after we had the club closed, he ended up with Corona, but he is thankfully recovered. So that's awesome. Um, but it's definitely been, you know, a hardship for all, all of us because, you know, we were, no one was prepared for this. Now, obviously no, no one in the world was prepared for this, but um, it's one of those things that you just have to adapt. And thankfully, mm -hmm. there's a great, you know, people enjoy things online. So if you can find ways to interact with people still and um, a lot of your regulars, you can, you know, bring over to online, at least still have that connection with them. So yeah, the regulars, maintaining connections with regulars is so important. And I'm sure it's just as important for them as well, because you provide a regular service to them, which is companionship and friendship you know, and like, you just, Absolutely. yeah. Um, so do you feel like your employers were informative for you during this time? Well, I mean, I think it's, it was kind of like, as everyone, they took it as in stride because it wasn't something that anyone was 
prepared for, but Mm -hmm. they definitely tried to do their best to inform us how they wanted to take safer procedures. However, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a contact job. So, you know, no matter how many times you sanitize your hands, if you're giving a lap dance, it's still within that six feet distance. So, um, it's, it just got to the point where we, we had to shut down when Charleston, the ordinance of all the bars had to shut down. So that's when, yeah, it was, did they they like reach out to you and, and text you or email you or did you just have to kind of find out on your own? No, he he called me. I was literally at the hair salon getting my hair done and said, this is the last day we're going to be open and don't know when we're going to open back up. So he, he did personally call me the operations manager, but um, we have obviously have no idea. Of course, nobody does when we'll be back sure. back open. So, do you both work at the same club? I work in a different club. I actually work um, in Jacksonville, Florida, and okay. it was pretty much the exact same procedures. We had an ordinance to close down all non-essentials, which included clubs, bars, like concert venues, even certain restaurants weren't allowed to be open. So yeah. we had to close um, pretty abruptly as well. Okay. Um, did they talk to you about filing for unemployment? Like, was there any, was there any, like, I've, I've heard some stories where people are like, the employers are like, don't, don't you dare file for unemployment. Like I'm hearing some stuff like that. So what was that like? That's interesting. Um, well, I, I, we personally have had no guidance whatsoever as far as post closing. It's kind of been figure it out on your own. So thankfully, like I said, I took the opportunity to start an OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. But um, if I otherwise, you know, no, they have not talked to us about unemployment. Um, there's been a lot of confusion, as you and I talked about before, about the stimulus, whether people in the industry are able to get that or not. So it's yeah. been very confusing. And no, not a lot of direction from my club, but I'll let Phoebe answer. Yeah, so there is really no direction as like what our second steps are going to be from closing. Like they're like, we're closed. Yeah. Right. And the <laughs> fact that our, if this is kid again, my operations manager the next day, you know, ended up with Corona losing 30 pounds in a week. Obviously he was in no position to, you yeah. know, try to handle anything beyond that. Well, what about, I mean, there has to be other employees, other people to help with that type yeah. of stuff. Right. You would hope so, but um, unfortunately, there was no direction. So. Yeah, that's un- that is unfortunate. Um, so we did hear from a stripper on one of our calls that she did receive her stimulus check. Interesting. Do you yeah. happen how she went about that procedure? She filed her taxes. It, okay. See, and that's the thing. People have. It's been very confusing because I even saw articles like in the Huffington Post. Yeah, no, the Huffington Post gets our stories wrong all the time. Uh, Yeah, they did actually revise that article because it was extremely misleading initially. Um, The original article was stating that small business loans would be, um, sex worker-owned businesses would be excluded from the small business loans. Um, Now, the caveat with that is that we found out um, through our union reps is that if the business also makes money from selling bottled water, soda, or liquor, anything besides just um, the the sex work, that they would be, uh, they would still apply for the small business loan. That they they would just say that they um, sold something else, 
Um, so even that in and of itself was misleading. There was a way around it. Now the businesses that it does affect would be like sex toy makers and, um, uh, porn production companies and things like that, that like solely their income is from sex or sex work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Huffington Post always gets it wrong. Totally. One of my main things was personally, like I know that my, my clients will come in and they'll buy bottles, like multiple bottles at a time. And I know that that brings in a pretty hefty revenue. And that's just me not including all the other girls there. If it's a small business and they're able to apply and like get a business loan, do you like, why haven't we been contacted to know if we'll get a portion of that, if we're bringing in that money to them? Because I don't know, that's a question for them. You know, I mean, how, how willing to share with you are they do they do you pay house fees are they are you paying to work yes there's always a there's always a tip out well so our For club, me, our club, club. Is, every club's different like literally the club across the street from us they have to pay like 45 dollars like to even just dance at our place it's literally you only have to tip the dj ten dollars and if you want to tip the managers that is totally solely up to you which is why it's one of the most preferred clubs in Charleston to work at. But it's most clubs you have to pay a, a, a tip out. A a payout. T- a payout. I'm, I'm can't speak yet. Yeah. <laughs> and what I, what I want to also follow up with, with the small business loan thing is, is because there's so much confusion around it. A lot of people aren't applying just like a lot of strippers didn't apply for unemployment. Right. And I haven't done it yet and I need to. So that's yeah. what I've realized in the past couple of days is I've been misinformed and I'm a little oh. confused, but I figure it out. <laughs> so. Yeah. And so something that I've been um, saying, uh, not on podcasts as much, so I'll say it here now is how much the media gets our story wrong. Um, because mm-hmm. they're obsessed with stories about strippers and sex workers and mm-hmm. they know that the, you know, the more eyes they get, the more prominent they are as a writer. And so they know they're going to pull in these viewers. They don't give a fuck what the information is. They just want it to be about strippers, you know, and right. they get, even me, I personally have been in a situation where they got something about me very, very wrong and they would not change it. I wrote, and this is Huffington Post. And I wrote That's- to them three different times and said, please change this information about me. It's false. And they would not change it. And they wouldn't even answer me back. It's like a whole line of unprofessionalism. Absolutely. So be very careful about what you read in the media regarding sex workers, if it's not written by a sex worker. Um, Well, and that's what I was actually going to touch base on. I actually have an article coming out in the Charleston City paper, which is just our local paper that will be out next week. They contacted me because they felt that there was a lot of emphasis on food and beverage because it's a very big um, Mm -hmm. tourist town, which we have... Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been to Charleston, but there's a thousand restaurants downtown. So it's a very big part of people's um, income here. So basically they contacted me and said they really wanted to do an article focusing on what was going on in the sex industry and how we are having to adapt to online. And so they... um, they're very, they've been very supportive and I'm, I'm excited to see the article and I'm hoping yeah. that it should yeah. some positive attention to the situation. And cause some people don't really even realize, you know, at all, you know, what is going on with that. I'm really glad that they came to you and, and passed the mic to you. Um, it's uh, so nice voice for everyone because you know, like there's so many people that just need to have that voice and yes, very honored 
um, please share that information with me so that we can post about that to our audience um, and and let everyone know that that sex worker got to write a story about sex workers. That's like pretty, that's rare. It happens, but it's rare. So lo- would love to support you in the visibility of that. And the highlight of my quarantine besides my quarantine birthday. So yes, for yeah. sure. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Hopefully this can bring a domino effect as well. Like once papers start realizing that this is getting a lot of attention and it's a real voice coming from someone who's personally affected, I really do feel like more people will jump on the bandwagon for stories. I hope so. Here's hope. I mean, that's a big reason why we're doing the pod, this podcast the way we're doing it. Normally, I, we sit down with one guest for about an hour, um, and I've got 12 of you, thir- 13 now, since there's two, two for one right now, but 12, uh, 12, 12 15 minute calls to, to have you share your voice so that everyone can hear, like, it's all, it's different, but it's hard. <laughs> It's it's easier for some, but it this shit is hard, and we we just need to tell our story. So thank you so much for taking the time to call in and do this with me. I'm I'm very I can't wait to hear from, you know everyone else that you have talked to because mm-hmm. I, I know stories are different in the way they've been handled, and um, I do want to take a moment and definitely um, say that I've really appreciated the support that I've had from the local community and beyond from this transition and being able to try to build up my OnlyFans, which I will go ahead and say is OnlyFans slash kit underscore Monroe. Um, and I'm also on Instagram, the burnless flame. Twitter is it's kit Monroe. Um, so again, OnlyFans is kit underscore Monroe. But the point is I've really been able to still connect with people that I've you know, been dancing for, for yeah. a year on, and it's been really awesome. That's great. Um, Phoebe, do you want to tell people where to find you? So you I'm actually to. still in a personal transition, but I definitely will be on OnlyFans and it'll be Phoebe Ray and that will be coming up very shortly. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you so much for calling in ladies. Thanks love. Bye. Bye. Okay, our next caller on the line is Phoenix. Thank you for joining us today, Phoenix. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me. You're so welcome. Um, can you tell our audience where you're calling in from today? I'm calling from Toronto, Toronto, Canada. Toronto, Canada. Yeah, so you're our second international caller. Very exciting. Um, so we have some questions lined up for you guys. Um, you know, I'm curious about. Well, I'm actually very curious about the difference between what goes on in Canada and the U.S. Um, Do you talk to a lot of American strippers? Do you see or hear of a difference? I do. I do hear the difference, and it's a little bit different from us than it's for you guys. Like, right now, I'm, like, kind of managing an online strip club because, like, so many girls have, like, no jobs Mm -hmm. there, like, because of the clubs that shut down. So, like, the difference is, like, the clubs, they're completely shut down. Like, there is no benefits whatsoever. Like, nothing. At least here in Canada, we're getting subsidized by the government. So, if you're an independent worker, you're getting $2,000 per month, which should cover should cover for your um, rent and your food. And then everyone has to stay inside. That's amazing. Your government is sending you $2,000 a month. 
Yes. And then for a student, I think, as for students, I think it's a thousand, fourteen hundred dollars. If you're a student and you weren't working and you were just going yeah. to school, they're like, well, yeah. here's some money anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically what they're all doing. They're just like giving money away to people, which I'm like very happy about because like so many people have no jobs. They're just like, one of my friends, um, just like she just got pregnant at the at the end of the strip club um, moment, like when she, right before she got her job, yeah, and she had to like uh, she has no job, no like she, now she was pregnant, she had to like abort the baby, like it was just like a lot of stuff going wow. on, and then thanks to like Canadian government, like we're just getting, yeah, we're just getting money back. Yeah, that's amazing. So. Before all the COVID-19 stuff, what was work like? Were you guys, were you making money? Was the economy doing well? And how were you being treated by your employers? I mean, like, um, I started dancing when I was 20. I'm 23 now. I started dancing when I was 21. Then I left the club. But for me, the first time I left it, it was great. Like, I had so many customers. Everyone was just, I didn't have to change my personality in terms of like, I don't have to lie to you that I like you. I just like, I actually like enjoy having a conversation with you. And if I don't like conversation with you, like another girl would have a conversation with you, you know, like it was very interactive. So like, I didn't have to change my personality and that was great. And then when I came back, I came back as a morning girl because um, I don't know, like I just decided to like get a, a job in a different club. Mm-hmm. And then working as a night girl and working as a day girl is completely different. Like our day, like there was only two dancers, three dancers tops during the morning. And that was like right on Dundas Squares, right? Which is like right downtown Toronto, where like we had like more people coming in and whatever. But we only have like three girls in, including me. And like, I didn't mind hanging out with the DJ because it's morning people were like, they were there to spend money, mm-hmm. but like they would be there for like an hour and they would just leave and they would take a girl an hour for upstairs for an hour. And then the other girl wouldn't make money, but then the next day another person would come and then it would come for an hour and then you would make like $300 and then they would just leave, you know? This sounds really inconsistent. It is very inconsistent, but it was also because of like everyone was just like away for vacation. Like it was December, it was okay. December, January, February is the coldest. Yeah, time. of course. Um, so it, it was very inconsistent during the morning, and then right after COVID, like literally like a month before, um, everything started to pick up. Like I was getting more money. I had like a goal to like hit every week and then I was going over my goal and I realized that that was going slowly up like there were more girls we had more girls like there were more customers like picking up yeah it was picking up and then like COVID-19 came and then everything ended now did they tell you that they were closing what was the communication process like when um things started shutting down um, I'm nosy, so I kind of overheard <laughs> of them talking because I did talk to one of the managers. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Because there was some customers and they left me $300 on the 
bar. So I was like, hey, what's going on with my money? Like, I was just wondering, like, when am I getting that? And they're like, uh, honey, I'm not sure. Like, we're trying to, like, figure out what's going on, if we're going to close the club or not. No, no, no. Wait a second. Hold on. They were holding on to your $300 telling yes. you you don't know when you're getting your money? Yeah. Because they were, um, basically, they used their cards to um, get money from the bar. Oh, I so, understand. There was a processing system, basically. Yes. Yes. But they, but they can't give you the money and deal with that later. They just have their favorite girls. And then I wasn't one of those favorite girls, you know? So, yeah. like, there were, like, some girls who had, like, $1,000 in there. And they're like, here you go. But, like, because I was a morning girl, like, they just wanted to keep me coming back. And, like... It sucked because, like, yeah. some of the girls that were my friends, they just completely left the club because they were just treating, getting treated like that. And um, So there's favoritism going on where you're working. Yeah, there's for sure favoritism. And then, like, people say, like, oh, people are just racist here, but they're not racist. They're just, like, favorite people. Like, if they like you, they like you, and that's it. So it's just, it's arbitrary. It's just based on like if they vibe with you a certain way. Exactly. Like if you tip them, you're going to for sure be the first one to get tipped out. If you uh, give them a cut, then you're for sure going to get something out of the cash because they know that that benefits you, like benefits them. How long did it take the government to, the government funding that you received to kick in after your club closed? Uh, a week. <laughs> a week. Oh my god. I want to live in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't have like like right now it's great because we get the money, but we don't have any produce. Like everything that's coming from the state, like is just super expensive. Like it's a, if an apple before used to cost two dollars, now it's five dollars. You don't have produce. Oh, so they yeah. raise the price of healthy food. Yeah. Oh my God, that's infuriating. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like, yeah, we have money, but everything is so expensive. (laughs) That's horrendous. Yeah, like a sanitizer, hand sanitizer, the one that from the pump is now eight, nine dollars. I'm like, that is so rude. So, so rude. Damn. Well, it. You, you know, you get some and you lose some. It's always... Yeah. So that's why I have to stay home so I don't lose yeah. any. <laughs> um, do you... I don't know what the laws are like in Canada, but, you know, here in the United States, um, uh, in every single state, dancers are... Let me switch that. Employers consider dancers independent contractor, except for California, where the laws have been rewritten. Um, but in, if you really read the laws and follow them to a T, every state is misclassifying dancers. They all should be classified as employees here and they're not. What is it like in Canada? Are you all independent contractors? Are you employees or does it vary? Um, it varies on if, whether you pay your taxes or not. Because we do have a license. We have to buy a license. Like, my license is $300. Let me see if I can find it. $300. My license is $300. And, um, yep. Is that a one-time fee or is that an annual fee? So, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, 
And then uh, here's like the barcode that they scan to know okay. that you're an employee. Uh -huh. So basically like you pay, like it's $300. For the license, yeah. For the license and then you have to pay for your background check. And um, then whenever you want to renew it, it's $200. And then you register as an independent contract with that. Some girls here, they don't pay for their license. Like, they do pay for the license, but they don't add this as a as a as their like tax form because some girls get more money by no not paying taxes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you, when you don't spend money on taxes, you have more money. Yeah, exactly. So like, and and then like at the end of the day, at the tax return, like they they're like, oh, you haven't worked, so here you go. Here's more money because you haven't worked as much, and then you have been spending more. Wow. So it's like if you're not filing your taxes, then they're giving you money because it's the in their mind they're thinking that you don't you're not making it. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're if your rent is six hundred dollars, you're renting six hundred dollars, and then you're only making, let's say, ten thousand dollars per for a year. They're like, oh, we're just gonna give you money back because this is what you're paying for rent. So this is like a minimum. That is very very interesting. I mean, Canada is very generous. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> but like, if you're not filing your filing your taxes, then you're not gonna get. Like the the requirement to get money back is at least made a thousand dollars per month. Okay, so you had so okay, I get what you're saying now. So if they haven't been paying their taxes this whole time, they're not necessarily eligible for the same benefits that you're talking about. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Well, like, that makes I, sense. Like I I have two jobs. Like I am a stripper, and I also have um I work as a promoter, and I also work as a bar back in a in a bar so like I have like so many different jobs so like I guess I'm part of it but yeah. like some girls here they're not part of it like part of the independent worker and the project constructor or whatever independent contractor yeah um yeah so you're getting wages from other jobs basically as a stripper you're not getting wages from your employer correct no but from your other jobs, like bar backing, they're giving you an actual paycheck. And so there's proof to the government that you're paying taxes. So you do definitely fall into a different bracket. Now, even as an independent contractor, as a stripper, let's just pretend like you don't have any other jobs. You could and would still pay your taxes as an independent contractor and have those benefits that you're talking about, right? Yes. So they, like, they don't discriminate against sex workers? No, they don't. Okay. They're, they're like, so, like, at least here, it's legal to sell yourself, like, to, like, be yeah. a sex worker, but it's not legal for a guy to come ask you personally, like, hey, I want to have, like, I want a blowjob, I'm going to pay you this. Like, so you have to be the solicitor, basically, yes. and then that's okay. Yes, that's okay. All right, I, I can be on board with that. Okay. I can be on board with that. Yeah, I think that's a nice, small step. I want the criminalization of full service sex work here in the States. So I really want that. No, like here is pretty, like I am really, I'm very happy that I live here because here, everyone here is so open-minded. Like, of course you find like one of two racist people sure. who are like, that is not correct, blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah. it's work. Yeah. Like, it's whatever. Some people enjoy it. Some people. Yeah. Like. 
And overall, is there like um, a happy, cohesive vibe between employers and workers in um, where you're working? I personally try not to have one. Like I like my managers are my managers. Like good morning, good afternoon, have a good day, all that stuff. But like for me to get cozy with them, non, I don't like that. So um, yeah, most strippers are just like yeah, I'm just friends with the girls I'm friends with and I'm friends with the DJ because the DJ is the one who plays our songs and we have to tip them at the end but like the bouncers and the managers are like a huge no-no for us wow it just doesn't benefit us because if they see you let's say you're going upstairs for an hour and then they see you that you make money that they tip you on top of that they want to cut for that totally yeah Oof, wow. Lots of differences in Canada. It's very, very interesting. Um, thank you so much for your time and for calling in. This was great. No problem. Yeah. I really wanted to be part of this too because um, yeah, like most of the dancers I have been working with, like uh they have been telling me like it's so much more different here in Canada than in the States. And yeah, they just created this cute little like strip club and then we have a locker room and everything and we share our yeah. videos. So it's just like, it's, 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 it, we have it just like this, like we have a Zoom meeting Yeah. and then uh, we just like sell tickets. Can you um, tell our audience what the, how to find your, your virtual strip club? You literally type in on Instagram the virtual strip club, and we're the only strip club oh, virtual okay. strip club. Yeah, by girls, by sex workers for sex workers. So like, thank you. We had I had a message from a dude from Indiana with like six hundred followers and like zero posts on his Instagram, and he was like, "Hey, I want to start a, a virtual strip club." How much are dancers? Like, what's, you know, can you, no, I need dancers. That's what he wrote. I need dancers. Yeah. And I wrote, okay, what's the rate? And he was like, well, it depends on what is their rate. And I said, $150 an hour plus tips. Like, I was just like, you're going to fucking pay them. Who are you? You can't yeah. just some random dude. Cause he literally said, this is my first time. This, this will be my first show. I'm like, get out of here. No, no, no. Like, uh, there's so many girls who got scammed out of that. Like, they have been, like, pretty much working for free, which I find very unfair. So every time, like, I'm part of the promotional, um, a a promotional group. So, like, I just, like, make sure everyone knows we're the only strip club run by sex workers for sex workers. And then you're more than welcome to come work with us. And, like, you're going to it's like an even cut like it's not like I'm getting more and you're getting less we're all getting the same if you're dancing you're getting paid for your tips and the the dances so it's like a pretty good experience to have because we are all very lovable and like we're always cheering each other out and like it's not just like strippers it's also like pole dancers which are two completely different things totally yep yeah. There's also like uh, floor workers, which is like another different thing. There are pretty girls who just like are very sexy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is also go-go dancers. And um, there's just like all type of girls. And yeah. we try to be like, 
very welcoming with everyone. Yeah, I'm so inspired by this. Um, <laughs> yeah, you you have a a cooperative. You have the first ever in the history of the world a cooperative owned and run sex worker owned virtual strip club. You are the first people to do it. Do you realize how significant what this I, is? I just want to like give a shout out to Gemma May who okay. created this. Like I'm just part of it. Is her name is Gemma May and he a hustler, which is Karina. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. They pretty much they did a whole website they did like all the promotional they find all the girls themselves like it's just like amazing how this yeah (laughs) i'm so moved by that oh my god you're so sweet you're so sweet you're more than (laughs) what was behind i saw the flyers and i didn't realize all of this thank you you're very welcome you're so sweet (laughs) yeah Thank you so much for calling. You're very welcome. Thank you. Have a nice day. You too. Bye. Bye. We're talking with Sam, Samantha Knox. Hi, Um, what's up? Hi. And can you tell everyone where you're calling from? Uh, So I'm from Ontario, Canada. Um, I'm in like southern um, Ontario. Okay. But I've traveled around a decent bit um, throughout the province and throughout Canada and little bit in the states so we were just talking to a stripper from toronto oh cool i might know or might not though (laughs) yeah she goes by phoenix but you'll see on the episode yeah yeah um and we were talking about the differences between how employees or strippers or sex workers are treated differently than in the states do you have experience talking with american strippers and understanding the differences Oh yeah, like a lot. And I've even like, I've, I've personally interacted, um, as a dancer in the States. Um, so it's, it's crazy to me just how different it is even just like on the West coast of Canada to this side of Canada from like Southern America to like, you know, North, like in New York versus like Texas. Um, so like, I, I, we don't have house moms here. That's like one of the biggest, but like kind of smallest things I've noticed. That's not a thing here. Like yeah. we don't have that. Um, so our fees are different. Like things are, it's, I would say we're like a less mature version. It's just not been as developed. Um, yeah. it's not as much of like a culture and like a really good business. Like a lot of the clubs honestly are, like, I would say, like, the owners have them as an investment, but also to run their money through. Like, I know the club that I work at is, is you know, a, one of many businesses that the owner has and one of many strip clubs that he has, but. Mm. And how are like, you, how do you feel treated by that employer? Like, um, so, like, the club I'm at right now is actually it's actually good in comparison to some other places. Um, there's still obviously issues and I'm very vocal about shit. So Mm. I've actually been suspended a few times without like, do you know what I mean? If you have a regular job, if you worked at a bar or at a, at a retail store and you were to do something that they deemed inappropriate, you would be written up or whatever. There's procedures for that. And they, 
they don't, they just do whatever they want. Right. So I've been suspended without really notice and without a a valid reason. And then had to kind of like tiptoe around a discussion and trying to like argue like, Hey, like, what did I do wrong? Like, can we come to some sort of like agreement or arrangement? And like, let's move forward from this as professionals. And it's just very hard because like, that's just not how the industry is. That's where I would like it to be though. So I'm fortunate. Yeah. It's just, it's so, but I don't love it. Yeah. It's infuriating because like the more conversations I'm having with strippers, the more like you guys are on top of your shit and your employers are like, what are you doing? And it's like, exactly. And the way we're portrayed constantly on a regular basis is that we're like just dumb and irresponsible and like on drugs. Yeah. And we're basically telling these business owners like, hi, this is how you do things or not do things. Um, and yep. then get suspended for it. Yep. Yeah. I actually, one of the, the reasons why I was suspended. So I will quickly cover both. The sure. first reason was because, um, they decided that they were going to host a male review and it was two months out, but they posted it on Instagram before they notified anybody in the building. So I was like a little pissed off and mentioned it to the girl that runs the Instagram page. I was like, Hey, like, do we just not matter? Like, I know it's like, at least it's two months away, but don't you think we kind of deserve to know that in two months, one day, like one night, we're not going to be able to work. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's something that I think we have the right to know and, and you should respect that. And so that I got suspended for that, for that comment. And then a little bit later, this was just before Christmas. Um, I had posted about, um, an incident that had happened where a server had actually stolen money from a dancer. She didn't know it was the girl's purse. So I made like a ambiguous like post on Instagram about like stealing from strippers is not okay. Stealing from sex workers in general isn't cool because you wouldn't have a job to begin with if we weren't here. Yeah. And then one of our security guards commented, into my DMs and was like, should I just stop doing my fucking job? Should I just let you girls get robbed? Should I just let you guys get assaulted because you're going to target the the workers at the club? I was like, bro, I was talking about people that stole from us. So unless you're stealing, I don't see what you have an issue with. And so then he proceeded to go and report me to the manager and she told me not to come back for at least a week. Ugh. I was like, what did I do? what did I do? Like, what did I really do? And she was like, well, I mean, people know that you work here. And because you posted those things, like people know that like, this is about us. I'm like, well, I don't just work for you. And if people assume that, don't you want your business to have a good reputation? So why do you keep those people employed? Yeah. It's not me. That's like bringing that bad rep to you. Yeah. Wow. Well, that answers our question. What's your work life like before Corona? Um, I got suspended a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you for standing up for people. I mean, we people like you are very, very important. And it can be scary and annoying, but, you know, you're doing great work just by being a voice, you know. Being loud. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, were they very helpful to you during the closure period was there any reach out to you or did they support you in any way um so the night 
um, that we closed, it, this was the 16th of March, so the day before St. Patrick's Day, and the government had announced that all bars and restaurants had to close after midnight, so like on the 17th, everything was supposed to be closed. So we were like, are we supposed to stay open? Because we technically don't start our next day until after 3 a.m. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we were there and it was horrendous. And they had put up like rules stating that we couldn't sell VIPs. Um, and we could only do table dances. Um, and we were like, what? Like, how does that make any sense? Because technically our bylaws don't prohibit, like permit touching we do, but they don't permit it. So that, that was just such a weird distinction for me. Cause I was like, arguably it's the same amount of contact zero. Right. right. Um, and then the next day they decided to announce that we were like closed, closed, um, until further updates from the government and the manager sent out a text to like as many people as okay. I guess she had the contact info for, mm -hmm. um, and sent out like a little blurb from the owner who mm -hmm. had like posted stuff on the social media. But other than that, like there wasn't, um, really anything. I reached out to my manager actually and okay. was like, Hey, I just wanted to know how you're doing. Are yeah. you good? You know, what's up? And she was yeah. like, this is really fucked up. And like, yeah. I just like, I miss work. And I was like, yeah, I feel you lady. Yeah, so. totally. Um, so we learned that in Canada, if you're a taxpayer, that they're basically giving you $2,000 a month right now, the government. So if there's different programs, but the, mm -hmm. one, the primary one they've set up is called CERB, which is the Canadian emergency something benefit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to qualify for that, you have to be not making any money right now. You have to be out of a job. Um, and you have to have claimed at least $5,000 the previous year. So either 2018 or 2019, because technically 2019 taxes haven't been submitted yet. Right. So it's weird because they're basing it off of 2018, but they also said within the last 12 months. So I'm not sure if they're going to turn around and then when this is all over, be like, well, you actually made like far too much within those last 12 months and, and they want like, they'll want it back. Like it is taxable. So they will take taxes off of it so when we have to like you claim on the money it. that they give you. Yeah. They, so they are, they're going to tax us on that $2,000. So it'll be, but it will be taxed on your overall income. So say in 2020, we you know, so for, what's, what is it? March, March to January, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, nine months. It's $2,000. That's actually quite a bit. So yeah, they tax us on that, but say you don't end up claiming it, say your partner gets to go back to work or whatever, and you don't need that money. Um, if you didn't make over the federal amount for taxation, which is like $11,000, then you won't get taxed on it because you wouldn't get taxed on your income regardless. Yeah. Okay. But it, it is like, there's a lot of people that aren't going to qualify. I know a lot of dancers that are like, what the fuck do I do? Like, I haven't done my taxes in like the last several years. And I'm like, this is why you should do your taxes. And this is why financial literacy is so important, even no. in our industry. So I've helped especially a lot of in our industry. We make so oh, much especially. money. 
yeah. So I've helped a couple gals that I'm friends with or coworkers with, um, with just kind of figuring out how they're going to file their taxes for last year. Yeah. Um, and just in general, like uh, so many people are clueless, but if they want, if they need the help right now, they're going to have to like cover their asses for having not claimed stuff, but so many are cash based. So it's like, it's not like they have like any paper trail, which is helpful, but they are going to have to start claiming from like here on out basically. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. I've been, I've been on that tax train for a while. Um, because my mother, you know, I started stripping when I was 21 and a couple years into it, my mom was like, you need to pay your taxes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. pay taxes. And she was like, yeah, like you're, and then she took me an H&R block and they told me I owed $15,000 and I cried my eyes out and I never went back to H&R block, but I filed my taxes ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that push from my mother who was looking out for me because I was making all this money and I was very young. And if I hadn't paid my taxes, I was making so much fucking money back then. It was really, mm-hmm. if I hadn't paid my taxes, I would have gotten in a lot of trouble. I was making. Oh yeah, absolutely. The IRS would have hunted your ass down because yeah. there's always some sort of paper trail, right? Yeah. If you're living somewhere that charges rent, even if you're paying cash, like they, they can ask, where did you get that cash? And you have to be able to prove where it came from to prove that it was a gift if it were a gift. Right, exactly. Right? And yeah, if you yeah. can't, then they consider it income. Yeah, wow. Right? So even if, like, say for your birthday, your grandmother gave you $5,000, if you can't prove that, say your grandmother, God forbid, passed away, and you didn't have any proof, they could, like, all governments could turn around and be like, well, that's income. Yeah. Well, that's so with problem. us, it's like, just because we're using cash and paying cash for certain things doesn't mean like they couldn't turn around and, you yeah. know, like a lot of my girlfriends, I've said like, how much have you been depositing in the bank approximately each month? Because you have to claim that now, because if you say that you're a dancer and you ca- make cash, any money that you put in your bank account that was cash, they know that's your income. Yeah. So well, like. Glad you're teaching. It's really scary what the government can do to you if you don't follow their rules. So as much as I don't believe in income tax, as much as I think it's theft, you know what I mean? Like we can't change those rules right now. Yeah, I hear that. Um, Last question. How are you surviving right now? Well, um, how like, as in, am I surviving or like fiscally, how am I surviving? Um, Um, Financially, like so, um, I uh, applied for CERB and I do qualify. And I've had like some questions about like, oh, you do online work, so like you don't technically qualify because you're making online money. Um, so I'm just gonna deal with that bridge when I have to cross it. Whether I'm gonna claim, so say every the economy goes back to functionality in the fall then I'll just claim that income for that quarter. Okay. Right? Um, yeah. Especially because my online stuff is like, it's it's like subscriptions and stuff like that. So it's always like rolling over. Do you know what I mean? I don't have to be actually working. Yeah. So it's like, our, if somebody has like money that YouTube or, or whatever site is paying them from a video that they posted already, right? Is that considered income? Do you know what I mean? How how are they going to quantify where, when I was making money? So that's my thing. 
but my partner's also very thankfully still working. He's actually working right now over right. that way. Um, but I was like the primary like payer for our bills, um, just so that he could like save and do other things and I could focus on like the bills because my income was higher but yeah. now his income is higher so we've just kind of had to like cut back on do you know what I mean like we it's not like we can save right now it's not like we can invest okay. our money it's not like we can do like the things that we were doing before but like yeah. we're managing thankfully yeah um good good yeah glad to hear it yeah it's diff. it's definitely different here I definitely, I'm very lucky to live where I live, even in, as a Canadian, because even our laws are different province to province, obviously, but yeah. like, I can't get evicted. If I stopped paying my rent right now, they can't evict me. Yeah. Good. Whereas like in other provinces, people not, are getting evicted. Not good. Got no, it. It's not. All right. Well, that's the rub. Thank you. Thank you <sighs> Thank so you. much. Thank you. You're so welcome. Yeah, I really appreciate you. Good luck. Awesome. Out. I appreciate you too and the, the work that you're doing because I do think this is really important. I think more people need to see this and, yeah, and hear about us, you know? Yeah. Rather than just like the, the more media and like hip hop is showing the world. No, they keep getting it wrong. So Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right, well, thanks again. Okay, our next caller is Andrea, very excited about this call. Hi, Andrea. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing all right. <laughs> Good, yeah. So can you tell everyone where you're calling from today? Um, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. Great. And uh, we have been chatting a bit, gratefully and thankfully so. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so one of the biggest things that we're trying to figure out is what was work life like before COVID-19 as far as how you were being treated, were you making money, do you understand your rights as a worker, etc.? Well, uh, before COVID-19, well, I mean, I um, unfortunately, you know, uh, had some issues pop up before COVID hit, but I mean, yeah, before all this, uh, you know, quarantine um, shit, uh, sorry, can I cuss? Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like, uh, so uh, before all this shit hit the fan, um, I mean, Life as a stripper was, um, it depended, it depended on how you, you know, treated yourself really. Um, you know, it, it was fair sometimes, it was unfair most of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, where, where at least I was, it, it was a little difficult. Um, I, I imagine that it's probably the same at most clubs. Um, I liked the club that I was at, um, but uh, yeah, uh, COVID made it a little bit more difficult considering there's like no strippers now. <laughs> Yeah, there's no strippers. Well, online, there's a bunch of them. Well, I know. Yeah, like, I was going to hop online, but I'm like, ah, <laughs> it's just so, yeah, so saturated. Very saturated. Um, do you, when when the closures happened, were you, well, first of all, were you working at the time of closures? Were you actively stripping? No, I was not. Um, well, I mean, I was dancing a couple of times at Spirit Rhino, but I just, I, I, I didn't, I hate Rhino. That's where I started. And uh, uh, it was just, you know, it, it, they, they have a really high um, caliber of dancer. Yeah. And it just brings with it, you know, um, I don't know, just that high caliber dancer, your, your stereotypical, you know. Dancer. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure to be a high, a high performer there as far as like, high number of dance sales, uh, looks, appearances. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, um, and for me, like I liked my old club because I like I liked the girls that I was with. For, so for yeah. me, for right now, I, I mean, if I didn't have to be with any girls, <laughs> I would love it. For me, the girls there are just bitches to me. At the Rhino, yeah, it's it's a lot more cutthroat. I definitely experienced some of that as well. Um, and I myself was one of those people. You know, we grow and evolve through the right. Right. <laughs> um, do you feel comfortable talking at all about your experiences or would you prefer to not do that? Oh, I would love to do that. Okay, great. Can you give us a, a rundown? Of, uh, of what happened? Yeah. Um, why weren't you working before COVID-19 hit? Well, because on um, December 21st, it was a Friday night. It was like 4.30 in the morning. Um, I was turning in money for a dance and the girl in front of me, um, the woman in front of me was Veronica. Um, she was trying to clock out at 4.30 in the morning. It's a pretty just time to leave. Um, and the manager said to her, well, you didn't tip me yet. And you didn't tip me last weekend either. Why should I let you go? And she seemed really upset about it. She was like, dude, I made like 200 bucks tonight. And it was pretty much the same thing as, you know, the weekend before. Do I have to tip you? Is it mandatory? And he said, yes. And so I just, I, I overheard all this and I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, so I, you know, I interjected and I was like, Hey, I just want to let you know that our contract clearly states that it's optional. Like it's not mandatory. And this manager, you know, kind of like looked down at the ground was like kicking his foot. And he's like, well, um, the owner says that it is mandatory. And all I said was, okay, well then if the, if the owner said that he's wrong. And that was that, mm-hmm. uh, the next morning I was, um, suspended. I'm putting air quotes suspended okay. by the, uh, by the owner in our Facebook group chat. Um, he said, you know, he tagged me at harmony or whatever and said, um, you don't talk about, uh, badly about me and like what I do, I can do whatever I want. Uh, saying that I was suspended until February 1st for talking bad about him. And so I private messaged him and I was like, Hey, there's miscommunication. I didn't talk bad about you. I, I only corrected him about our contract. So him and I had an altercation, whatever, privately. Uh, ultimately, I was still suspended until February 1st. Um, but in the group chat, the next response um, after he like just laid into me was from the girl that I was sticking up for that night. And she said, wait, why is Harmony suspended? Like she was being professional, she's being sweet. She only stuck up for our contract, which is true. Um, and the next response after her was the owner firing her immediately on the spot. He said, just like that, boom, you don't have a contract with us anymore. Does anyone else want to take a turn is what he said. And uh, so that's, uh, that's what happened there. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it upset me so much that like, I mean, it, it even still when I think about it, like, I, I could cry about it. It's just so it's so wrong. You know, that's all it is. It's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when I tried to come back on February 1st, it didn't hit me until the night before February 1st. I was like, wait, he's not even gonna let me back. There's no way. He's been wanting to get rid of me from the moment that I started working there. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I just always knew he didn't like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I always told the girls about their rights, what an independent contractor is, what an employee is, you know, cause I've had a lot of experience in that, like yeah. beyond stripping. And uh, so, yeah, when I tried to come back, he pulled out some, you know, bullshit uh, excuse of having screenshots of me having a conversation. It was just, all of his drawn out making stuff up and just it totally hitting the truth. Yeah, totally. And well, wow. yeah, it, it seems like that's too common. At yeah. Yes. And as 
mentioned with one of the other callers on this episode, you are behaving like a responsible adult <laughs> and right. your bosses are not. Right. And it's infuriating. It is. And so many dancers just take it, you know? Yeah. And they accept it. And like, that's like, I guess that's the difference. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, like how, how can you like, I, can't, I literally can't. I would like mm, crawl out of my yeah. skin. I think that there's misconceptions. I think that there's a, a ton of gaslighting, mental and emotional abuse in this industry that I love. It's weird. I love this industry, but I see, you know what I love about it? The women, the workers. Yeah. That's what I love. But everything else I have a real fucking problem with. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it takes a certain, you know, kind of breed to, to be a dancer. Right. Um, and yeah. especially where I'm at, like in Omaha, Nebraska, it's so conservative. Like, so it's just cool to see who I'm dancing with. I mean, these girls are, they're, they're normal women. They have, I mean, some of them have husbands at home. Sorry, patrons, but like <laughs> some of them have husbands and, you know, have kids and like living normal lives, but they're, we chose to be dancers and that's just kind of cool. Yeah. But, yeah. But beyond that, I mean, I don't know. The, the the manager seems to be one type of breed throughout. The owner, one type of breed throughout. Yeah. I mean, there's cool clubs here and there, but like. Yeah, I mean, we actually have had some positive stories on this episode already about managers that are that are and owners that are being helpful. And so mm -hmm. I guess that would not be the case with this club, as far as I'm sure you're still in contact with some of your coworkers, but. Um, have they received supportive information during this time, like such as file for your taxes to get your stimulus check, file for unemployment to get support? No. The the owner of my uh, my last club has been telling the girls that they cannot get unemployment, and that if they want to try, they have to be on on the phone for six hours or so just to even try. Okay. And it, it infuriates me because these these women actually won't uh, won't talk to me. You mentioned I probably still talk to my ex-coworkers, uh, they won't speak to me out of fear. And so I, I, I'm oh, they don't to want to get fired. Oh yeah. Or, or sued. Like he actually, he actually threatens lawsuits and he actually files some of them, even like knowing that they're frivolous, he's, he still files cause it scares the dancers and to never, you know, um, acting out. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so yeah, he, he's been telling them that they can't get unemployment. Well, for everybody listening out there, that's completely false information right. and true. We actually got a report from a stripper in Virginia where they don't officially recognize dancers as employees, and she got unemployment money. Right. Well, and it's same here in Nebraska. Um, yeah. We're considered independent contractors right now, but I, I've, I haven't received it yet, but I mean, I, I've applied. I mean, it'd be silly not to, but so, th so these women are just not applying, assuming yeah. they can't get it. Yeah. Well, listen, I really am so proud of you for standing up for other people and for yourself. Um, it takes a lot of courage to do that. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 And I can't wait to talk to you more another time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am really excited that I, I got a hold of you and yeah. That, that, yeah, this is flourishing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Have a great day, dear. Thanks. You too. Okay, guys, we have our last caller on the line. I'm here with Stormy. Hello, Stormy. How are you? Hi. Hi. Can you tell everyone where you're calling from today? Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah, that's so freaking cool. 
I just love it. I have dreams about Alaska. I feel like that state has been calling me for years. And funny enough, I keep meeting people from Alaska very recently. So I think it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how long have you been a stripper for? Um, well, I just started back doing it like a couple of years ago. Okay. And um, I was a dancer for like, I don't know, like a few years in my early 20s. So, um, and then I quit for a while and um, started working at the club that I'm working at now. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Great. So what was work like for you before the shutdown with COVID-19? Were you treated well? Were you informed by your employers? Um, were you making money, et cetera? I don't think that my employers realized how serious this was, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think the different people, like, you know, handle things differently and like the more conservative crowd, I don't think that they were expecting, you know, this sort of thing to happen. So like my, my people that are in charge are a little bit more conservative, I believe politically. So like, um, I don't think, I don't think they realize, I think, you know, it's hard to kind of see through like, uh, party line issues and like when something that on a global scale is happening like when to take it seriously or like if it's you know what I mean I so do like I mean I so do. um they um our club got shut down kind of um like none of us were expecting it I don't believe my general manager was anticipating it you know um it was it was like I mean we thought it was going to happen. A lot of us did. And, um, I think they were planning on sort of like keeping it open unless we were forced to be shut down, which is what happened. And that's what happened. So they were advocating yeah. for keeping it open and maybe like creating some new guidelines or something as far as sanitation, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I think they were just like, they didn't, I think at the time that it was shut down, they didn't realize, um, how serious the outbreak was. And, you know, like it was just, um, we're in a little cloud in Alaska away from everyone, I guess. And so like, it's just, you know, they were like, whatever, you know, we don't, we don't know what's going on. Like, whatever, what, what's this COVID stuff? Like, you know, yeah. really, really, you know, that was kind of the reaction that I got with, um, a lot of the people yeah. and then we had a lot of girls like flying up to Alaska like right before we got shut down because we were one of the only clubs that wasn't shut down yet in the country. Yeah. So that's so anyways, because you would expect that eventually it would be shut down. Well, they're like really, I don't know. They're just, they didn't want us to have to shut down because we have so many people that need money, you know? And well, yeah, and just, I don't know. It's just the way people prioritize things. You know how, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So, okay. So what, what was like the overall vibe? Like, I'm a little curious about what the situation is as far as employee independent contractor status and the treatment from your employers. Did you feel like, because from what I understand, you have had positive experiences in that. Process. Yes. Tell me about that. Yes. So like, um, we're employees at my club. Okay. And, um, we, we have a higher house 
but we get paid hourly, if that makes sense. Wait a second. Hold on. So you're paying a house fee and getting paid hourly. Yes. And on paper, you're considered an employee. Yes. Okay. But, you know, like that house fee is very illegal. You know that. You guys know that, right? Well, I I mean, I don't know. (laughs) It is. Yeah. um, yeah, there's no other job in the world where they're like, we're going to give you money, but you give us money too, because then that you're just breaking even. I Have you ever heard of a club that doesn't do house fees, though? Like, I yes. mean, yeah. oh, really? Mm-hmm. I haven't. I mean, yeah. I don't know, though. There's one here in California. It's called Jumbo's Clown Room, and they oh, okay. pay the dancers minimum wage, but they also have a full bar, and they make money off of that, and there's no dances. It's all performance-based, um, and there there was a lap dance booth in the corner. Um, where we actually charged $40 per lap dance and uh, it's a bikini dance and we kept all the money. And then one day uh, abruptly she took the lap dance booth out. So it did eliminate income, but she did it shortly after implementing the minimum wage an hour employee status. Then she took away the lap dance booth. She claimed pretty cool. It's not cool. She took away the lap dance booth. That was a shit ton of money. Yeah. I would make an extra $200 a, a night just from that lap dance booth. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So actually it wasn't cool. Um, but my point is, it's like, there's literally like, do they sell alcohol where you're at? Yes. Okay. So the, you make so much money off of alcohol sales. Like they don't need to model their business off of your wage theft. Sorry. I don't mean to get all political, but and this is also for other people listening. Like there's no yeah. other job where they pay you and you pay them and you break even. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like when I talk to the owners and stuff about our house and whatnot, yeah. the, I've worked at several different places and I mean, you know, they're like taking a percentage of the money that you make, like as the night goes on. And at least like for this place, it's a flat fee. It's very, it's a very high flat fee, mm-hmm. but, um, it's, you're still at least an employee you get. Um, if you get injured on the job, you're you qualified for, um, workman's comp. That's great. Uh, yeah. If, and That's like, great. I know several girls that have been injured. Like one of my friends, um, had a broken leg. And she had her expenses covered and it was like supported by our employers. And like, I love that. Yeah. And then like, uh, it's it's a family club. So like, um, Mm -hmm. the people that own it, um, inherited it from their mom Mm -hmm. who inherited it from her mom and they started it, um, originally in Alaska to help like, um, get rid of pimps in Alaska in the downtown area. So, so, it, so they created like a safe house for sex workers, basically. Yeah. So like they have like this tradition in their family of like um, this idea passed down to like stick up for us. And I mean, you know, like I said, it's not perfect. And I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, um, I've heard people um, talk about the flaws and things, but like, I just, I don't know. I think that like, I can respect people that are like looking at us as people and like trying to figure it out. And maybe I don't agree with all the solutions that they come up with, but at least it's like, they care and it's Mm -hmm. obvious that they care. Yeah. Like uh, the owner that, you know, one of the owners anyway, that I talked to, um, said that, um, she had a really hard time 
um, when she was like in her early twenties, cause she just like went through some personal addiction problems and stuff. And she felt like she wasn't helping women and she didn't want to be like, you know, owning a strip club. She didn't feel like it was good to participate in that. And so then her mom was like, you know what? I'm going to take you to some strip clubs in the lower 48 and we're going to interview all of the girls and, you know, we're going to find out how they're treated and stuff. And so she went down and like, I don't know what clubs she went to, but like they asked all these questions and stuff. And her mom was like, that's how we're never going to treat our people. You know, that's amazing. Never. Yeah. So they come from like this background of like, you know, I understand. Yeah. Create a safe place for us to work. And yeah. I just, I think it's really cool what they're trying to do, you know? That's a lot more than a lot of other people are doing for their workers. Um, I've not heard of that much support coming from any other club um, for their dance. Yeah, they're, they're also, like, right now, um, you know, they're trying to figure out how they're going to um, change things. Now they're, like, now they realize that it's it's going to be different, you know? Mm. And they're trying to figure out how they're going to change things for us. And like my manager has texted me like several times, you know, and all of us really were on a group text, you know, and yeah. she's like, she's like, I need, I need to get you guys some money. And so she's like trying to look into, um, websites and like, you know, they're doing, I think it's legal now. So she's, she's, you know, trying to select people that need the money the most, you yeah. know, yeah, out of all of us, there's a lot of us. I think there's probably like 130 of us or something. Yeah. So, um, she is trying to select people to deliver like beer or whatever to people as they're driving through. Cause now in our state we can do, um, like, uh, uh alcohol pickup. So mm -hmm. like, she's going to have dancers like dressed up delivering the alcohol to people in their cars or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so she's trying to figure out creative ways to help us make money and, you know. I don't know. She's like, she's working with some of us on creative ideas for like websites. And she like, she's posting pictures of people like that send their pictures in to with links to the OnlyFans page and whatnot. If they have That's that going nice. for them. Yeah. It's like, she's trying really hard and she doesn't know what to do. So like we're, we're trying to adapt as quickly as we can. Yeah. Did you and some of your coworkers or all or any of you guys file for unemployment? All of us um, are able to file for unemployment. Great. And so in, in, in the state as a whole, does the state recognize you as employees or was this the choice of the owner? Um, you know what? I don't honestly know. I think um, it's required I think that, um, in order to put us on a schedule, you have to, um, we have to be employees. Yes, queen. You are correct. So, um, so, the reason I yeah. ask if it's the employer's choice is because all employers break the law. And so I wasn't sure if, if, if other clubs are also treating you as employees, if like the law is more clearly written in Alaska or because it wasn't in California until recently. It was written, it was very gray, lots of loops. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering, are there other clubs in the same state not honoring that? Um, I, have, I have a friend that sued one of the clubs um, for 
putting them on a schedule, but, and also charging house fee and not paying them a wage or considering them employees. Um, she was part of a class action lawsuit for a different club that, you know, Mm-hmm. and um like there's several like I don't know I don't think that um any other club pays a wage and I don't think that like um any other club can has um anybody considered as employees I think that this is the only one but I could be wrong I don't know because okay. I don't there's a few okay so. well if anyone works in Alaska and knows the answer to that question please write in with some information so we can get a real grasp on that because I'm very curious now. Yeah. Um, so how are you, how are you surviving now? How, what have you been able to find other streams of income during this time? Um, honestly, I just um kind of lean on my husband. <laughs> like, he's he's able to work, so I mean <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. And anybody yeah. you know or you know, are most people in a comfortable position or is there any hardship I think I think that there's a lot of hardships Mm -hmm. you know um there's like right now no businesses are open at all like Mm -hmm. no restaurants I mean they're doing some carryout right now it's we're still under heavy quarantine here yeah um there's no bars open whatsoever um gotcha so I think that like I think that there's a lot of hardship going on. Actually, one of my friends just died last week. I'm so sorry. Um, well, she didn't die of COVID, but like I kind of relate it to COVID because it was like she was drinking like every day and she tripped and she fell. Oh. And she was by herself. Yeah. And, I'm so sorry. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I think that like there's a lot of, in Alaska, there's a lot of depression, a lot of heavy drinking, a lot of stuff like that going on. Like the liquor store, the one time I went, it was freaking packed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like crazy in there. Yeah. Wow. Well, this has been really, really great. This is a great ending. Um, I'm glad to hear that there are good employers out there helping you. That's Makes they're, me feel they're giving it their best shot. Yeah. I, 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 I appreciate the people that I work for. They're like trying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Thank uh, you for having me. You're so welcome. Hey guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at yes, a stripper podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Yes, a Stripper Podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to Yes, a Stripper Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at the queen of sexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.